Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Raptor fans? <clears throat> it's your host, Aiden Moss, with my boy, Orrin Feisfeld, who's recovering from the flu. We got another flu pod on the go here. Uh, and another... What's that? I got something. I don't know if it's a flu. You're not, you're not my doctor. I can be. Do you want me to diagnose you? <laughs> no. Put him in the asylum. Lock him away. Throw away the key. Uh, Raptors... Lose again, another close one, if you want to call it that. Uh, 112 to 108, the New York Knicks beat our beloved Raptors. Uh, another weird one. The I, You know, when it all comes down to it, Oren, we watch this game for entertainment. And God damn it, these games are entertaining. But they're frustrating and they're unpredictable and they're up and down but they're entertaining i have to give them that still so you're pro fake comeback yeah this is like the 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 proiest of pro fake comebacks and i'll say i'll let you i am too i am too i'll let you leave i don't understand the like bring the bench in it's like that's not very fun yeah exactly let's just burn these guys out until like we're all exhausted um And I'll say the one thing I will say, uh, I forget what I was going to say. I forget what I was going to say. Good point. I agree. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's two games in a row where you got to commend the effort and they do make you appreciate them as a team. Um, But once again, I think the bench wasn't good enough. The, The starters were, the bench wasn't. Pretty similar story to the Milwaukee game, all things considered. And also, honestly, some bad luck. Like, there was just some key moments in this game where, whether it was foul calls, I thought at the end they had a rough go on a couple calls. Whether it was Quentin Grimes, or, sorry, not Grimes. Miles um, McBride. McBride. Miles McBride hitting a couple really big threes. He's a shooter, but big threes. I love love how uh, Matt Devlin will very purposely purposely uh outline the shooting percentage of the guy who has just scored when it's like it's the classic like oh great another guy who shoots horribly is absolutely killing the toronto raptors from three he's what he's like a 30 percent shooter for the year and he was three for five tonight yeah three yeah man three for five it it was uh but that's the thing. Like, I really think the Raptors played good enough to win. I just think some in in this game specifically, I do think some things just went kind of against them and, and kind of were unlucky from a Raptors point of view. Um, the but, number one yeah. of those is the Julius Randle threes in the first quarter. Like OG yep. played perfect defense as best you can play yep. against an offensive uh, dynamo that Julius Randle is. And, 
And those were just fluke ass shots. I don't know. Do you do you think it's fun playing with Julius Randle? Do you think the Knicks like playing with him? No, it doesn't look very fun, but you got to give him credit at the same time. Um, but in general, not just those Julius Randle shots early on. In general, I think the Knicks just like the the shot making was extremely tough. Like all night they were just hitting these tough shots and then the Raptors would come out on the other end and struggle for like two yeah. points. Like Pascal would get to the line or Fred would cross eight guys up and get a, a two like the Raptors were just struggling for shots so much more than than the Knicks, who, yeah, I thought the Raptors actually played really good defense on the Knicks pretty much all night long, other than a stretch in the second quarter where the bench sucked. Um, but they hit some shots, so credit to Randall, credit to Brunson, who at the end, who yeah. all game, but at the end of the game especially kind of had a key and one. Um, like we said, McBride had some big shots. And also, back to the box score, um, Mitchell Robinson just dominated the Raptors, took away the rim completely. Eight offensive rebounds. I was yeah, I was just gonna say dominated the offensive rebounds, couple blocks. Um honestly, this season for me has been we've learned a lot of lessons, I think, in Raptors land. For me, none bigger than you need a good center to thrive in the NBA. Yeah, we're starting to really kind of see that. <clears throat> An interesting thing. People are talking about Pascal, who did not have the best game tonight. He was 4 for 14, although he did get to the line 11 times, and he did have 13 rebounds and 5 assists. But he uh, he looked – so I actually found this to be a general theme early with most of the Raptors, which is that they were passing, but they seemed to be passing when they should have been shooting, and they were shooting when they should have been passing. Like, you know, Pascal had a couple of moments. I think he had um, – he had Grimes down low early, and he kind of just turned around and, and punted it back out. Um, and, um, and there was another time where he just kind of bailed out of the possession and passed out of it when I thought he should have gone up. And then when he was taking those shots, they were forced against bigger guys. Do you think um, teams have figured Pascal out a little bit? It seems they put Mitchell Robinson on him, which suggests to me that they think he struggles with bigger dudes and they're just going to make him hit mid to long range shots. Yeah, that's it. Like to me, it's it's not that he struggles with bigger dudes, but I think last few games, his jumper has left him that mid range jumper, which was so good early this season that you can put a big on him and kind of sag off a little bit. and, And that way you can't he can't get to the rim. And he's not really comfortable shooting the jumpers right now. So I think that's what we've seen from Pascal. It's just the shooting touch. And you could probably blame that on his legs giving out a little bit on him and just not having the juice. Like this is a time in the season. I was listening to the True Hoop podcast with David Thorpe, who's very locked into the league. And he was saying how like a lot of players right now just want like, like all-star break can't come soon enough. Like guys are knocked up. Guys are running on fumes they're knocked up guys are knocked up they're about to right, have babies right yeah. yeah 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 i got it um but yeah like guys are just not feeling great and i think are getting a little bit gassed right now well not um, to mention so our team has played what, sorry yeah. our starters have played double the minutes that everybody else has so that, yeah uh, og it. siakam and fred are all top five i think in minutes played this season 
and I wrote about Pascal and the load he has on both ends of the floor is just it's I made the argument that it's bigger than any player has had over the last three years in terms of what he does on both ends, all the shots he takes, free throw line, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it might just be that um, I'm pretty confident he's going to bounce back, but it's not a good time for him to be in a slump considering these are just much win games. And Fred has been we should talk about Fred because he's been really good. Yeah, so um, Freddie has been front and foremost in Toronto Raptor like social media spheres, um, me, uh, national media, international media. He was on JJ Reddick's podcast, so he has been front and center. Did for you? This team. Did you watch it? I watched did the five watch? minute clip about the, uh, oh, the reduction in usage, so I haven't seen the whole thing. And I will say it unfairly so. Too much shit has been thrown Fred's way. I have my criticisms, but I think it's all kind of contextual. So tonight he was 9 for 21. So still not a great shooting percentage. Um, but some big buckets, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. He he looked sprier tonight, Oren. And Whoa. he also looked much more decided in what he was going to do. That was a sick move. He, uh, yeah. he had quite a few just like... One, two hard dribbles going to the hoop, which is so refreshing to see with him. Um, how do you feel about Freddie's performance tonight? Yeah, I mean, you said he was more decisive. I feel like when guys were closing out on him at the three-point line, he was not hesitating at all. He was just driving off that and then seeing what opened up from him there. Like in the past, right, he would let a blow by come and then maybe he would shoot the three after the guy blew by. Maybe he would take a rhythm dribble and shoot a three. Maybe he would take a couple steps to the floater area and then shoot like in this game, every time the Knicks blew by him and and they clearly had it on the scouting report that they were going to close out on him hard. uh, He drove aggressively to the rim and then whatever opened up, opened up. Often he just went at the guy under the rim. He had a nice switch of hands, uh, where Hardenstein was there and got fouled, but like often he he just made that drive and then there was a pass to a corner and then it was an open three. So I think he's definitely learning a little bit how to attack some of the scout, um, which has been a little bit more aggressive in terms of running him off the line and stuff like that. But also the defense he played on Brunson, I thought was extremely yeah. good. Other than like a couple of mishaps, sure that's going to happen every game. There's a reason Very he accurate. was a plus ten tonight. He was great defensively. He was great setting the guys out, and it was really just like it's one of those words that some whatever. It's like the heart he showed. Like it kind of felt like a game where he's been in the spotlight and everyone's been talking about him, and he came out and was like, "You know what? You want to talk about me? This is what I'm capable of." Um, I'm still capable of like pretty much greatness, and yeah, I thought he was great. That is a one thousand percent how I perceived what took place tonight. Is Freddie was a big middle finger to everybody talking about him, and the kind of yeah, the haters and putting his skill set on display. And I think this Freddie is a Freddie I would like live and die with. Like, you know, I mean, I, Freddie's never been a great shooter. He's going to, you know, have, I mean, it could be better, but whatever. But the point is, is that he was playing more within the flow. He was uh, increasing the pace of the team more so tonight than, 
than in previous games where he's slowing slowing it down. Like my issue with his high usage rate is the way in which the ball sticks or it, it ends in a hoist or it's slowing the pace down. And there was less of that tonight. I, like I was saying earlier, like he was much more up and down to the rim and you, like some of the passes he made didn't even feel Freddie like, you know, like um, the drive and dish thing, which is another beef thing I have with him is that I don't like he needs to be a better passer. And we saw more of that tonight. So, you know, I think he made a lot of people like me eat our complaints. Um, you know, he still wasn't perfect. And I don't know that he was better than Brunson tonight, but he or probably as good, but he definitely stepped up. Yeah, yeah, and um, and they lost the game when he sat on the bench for two minutes. Literally, Knicks go on a two mi- two ten zero run in the two minutes of the fourth quarter. <laughs> that Fred sits, he plays the whole second half, other than those two minutes, and that's where the Raptors lose the game. So, it's really hard to poke really any holes in his game tonight. Um, offensively as a whole. I thought the ball was moving really well. And there was moments, like you said, early on where it was like, okay, guys, I love the passing, but someone has to take the shot. But then they went away from it. Yeah. The ball stuck again. And I was going to make this point too. You reminded me. It's like they have a habit of, they start games just like this, making the extra pass, playing really good offense, like, uh, with the exception of the Milwaukee game, just like moving the ball and being unselfish. And then they get in like a 10 0 hole, you know, early on, second quarter, they're down 10. And then things change, and a guy will just take a bad, you know, walk it up the court, dribble, dribble, shoot a 20 footer. Um, that's when I get mad. It's like you have to stick with the process. You can't just look at the results and you're down 10 and change the process. Um, if you play that way offensively all night, you're going to just create really good looks. And they, they definitely have a habit of getting away from it at times. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of just see how much more difficult everything be- becomes when the Knicks are both are when both things happen, the Knicks are hitting their shots. So you can't get out in transition like we were in the second quarter uh, and third quarter. And then, and then you stop passing the ball and scoring becomes all the harder. So it's frustrating and you know um it's these we we keep coming down to first principles that make me turn my eye to nick nurse you know like the minute the the bench struggling um the the lack of ball movement um the the clash of styles maybe with these with this starting five like where are you on nick nurse through this like this losing streak and and struggling um i don't know like honestly i don't pretend to have the answers i don't know why the raptors are struggling this much and i don't know exactly who to put blame on i tend to now be in a like i tend to believe that it's a roster construction issue more than a coaching issue just because i think guys don't fit that well um together because like there's a reason that we can't have all of our best players be in rhythm at the same time. And OG is a great example of a guy who was playing great basketball for a while there, um, especially when Siakam was out. And then since Siakam got back, 
from injury, he's completely regressed. Nobody's talking about him because well, it's because his defense is spectacular. Sure, but I at least have come to raise my expectations of him, and he's really regressed in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, for me, it's a roster construction issue more than a Nick Nurse issue. Whether it's the bench pieces not fitting together that well, or just like you know, I was thinking about it today, like the backcourt to me, something has to change because. I don't know. Both of these guys are just better from the perimeter, better shooters. Neither of them are drivers. And I think that's a big problem that the Raptors have seen this season is that when they do swing the ball around, Fred did a great job of it today in terms of attacking the closeouts and making things happen from there. But in general, neither Fred or Gary is really good at that. So I, I think there's just the roster construction issues, whether it's with the backcourt not fitting that well together whether it's with OG not being able to elevate his play beside Pascal Siakam, like to me, that is the biggest issue. And and it's been a few seasons of, of some of these issues lingering. So that's why I'm there. Nick definitely hasn't done a perfect job by any means, especially offensively. The system just does some days it looks terrible. Um, but yeah, like with the bench, I, I tend to blame the individual players more than I blame Nick, like, can you blame Nick for Malachi being bad in three straight games? Not but really. Malachi hasn't been bad in three straight games. Like, he he's he had bad moments, but then you you close his night shut, so you don't even give him a chance to breathe. Like, I, I just quickly back to the OG thing. I he has struggled and regressed, and I think you know part of this roster construction was the assumption that Precious and OG were moving to points where they were going to become more of an offensive threat, less so precious right away and more so OG. And at times you saw that, like there was a stretch there, even in our losing and winning that OG was getting a pass and ripping and going without hesitation and getting to the hoop and with kind of mixed results. And now he's not, he's become a spot up shooter again. And when he's getting the ball on cuts and on fast breaks, he's that wobbly, um, no core, no core. Yeah, but he's been really guy. passive just in general. Totally on some of those swing outs, where yeah. if he doesn't have the shot, if someone takes it away, he just passes it back to Fred instead of attacking it. Yeah, <clears throat> and I think, I think it's might be a little bit psychological for him too. Um, guys just seem like a little bit more um, reticent to do to execute because. Because they don't like, you know, you don't want to see yeah. any more of the screw ups, but to get through the screw ups, you got to take those risks. So that's yeah. frustrating. And then Flynn definitely the... didn't get a real chance today, but and it was didn't two get a real straight chance. games before this that I don't think he played well, well either. I will stand by the fact that if you go back to the fouls that he caused on, on the Pacers, two of those fouls, he gets slammed on screens. Mm. Um, and especially one of them. And it, this will happen that like you said there are plays tonight where guys messed up defensively whatever but like you have to let these guys uh flourish or at least try to flourish like you can't give precious four and a half minutes you can't give that's my issue too bad four minutes flynn three minutes down in a minute and a half like what are you trying to accomplish in that like well precious especially i thought he was good in his stint yeah he had a great finish yeah, he's been getting better in every game since the injury. And it's like, he is a guy so meaningful to the organization and to the potential success that 
you should be giving him more and more minutes, helping him ramp up past this injury, even if he's tanking a bit of those minutes, which I didn't think he was. But yeah, I was shocked that he didn't get second half minutes tonight. Uh, I want to see Precious play more regardless. And if you're not going to play Flynn, like throw Dalton out there and let him burn out some energy on Brunson or on quickly. Like that was the thing with the Knicks is they have, uh, well, interesting enough, they played that double center lineup quite a lot, but they had like, the five guards going, you know, they had Grimes, Brunson, McBride, Fournier saw some time and quickly um, all like all of whom are fast, eager, like nice that they can shoot from three as well. But like that kind of endless energy from the backcourt just weighed on, on Freddie and OG and Scotty and those guys. So like, yeah, like we, we need to be doing at the very least, just to burn some raw energy, we need to be throwing guys out there in situations where they can succeed. Precious should be on Julius Randle for times. Like, let him burn all of his energy on Julius Randle. I, like, that's kind of where I get stuck with Nurse, where, like, I don't feel like he's being very tactical and um, or, or long uh, thinking ahead, you know, future-oriented thinking, like, Obviously, playing guys 40 minutes still losing is not going to get you anywhere. Not only because you're burning the guys out, but you're not giving any development to the to the to the the rotation guys. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. Um, to the point about the two big lineup, I also noticed that I feel like you can just get away playing that way when the rat when the Raptors can't shoot. Yeah, like you don't need little guys to chase guys around screens if you're just not that worried about guys shooting around screens. So I feel like teams have played bigger, they've gotten on the boards better, um, and and it kind of plays to their strengths. Whereas, yeah, the Raptors want to have that size advantage, but they can't right now because teams can play big and just not worry about the three ball. Yeah, Jer- Jericho Sims, by the way, like. He looks factory made. That dude is like a 3D printout of a gladi- gladiator. He is mm. he is a, a incredible body. Mm. Heck of Isaiah a Hartenstein, body. not so much. <laughs> He's like a yeah. good old Germanic tribe guy. I um, wonder how uh, Herbie Kuhn at the Raptors game was pronouncing Isaiah Hartenstein. Hartenstein. <laughs> Poor, poor pronunciation always kind of gives me, like, I mean, it's like kind of your job. Do you laugh at his when you were at the Raptors game? Did you laugh at his pronunciations? Because they are hilarious sometimes. I, like he I goes really so over and beyond. Oh, next time you go, you have to. Because with foreign names, especially, he will go so over and beyond. So like with Evan Fournier, he'll be like, coming into the game, Evan Fournier. <laughs> like every time, <laughs> like dude, every French. time. And like some point times, it's just offensive because it's not at all the correct pronunciation. He's just going right. really overboard with like how he's saying it. Stereotyping. Oh, it's pretty funny. If you want to hear just pathetic pronunciation, go go listen to Bill Simmons podcast. That dude. Oh, for sure. He's that the guy's code culture is like two hundred mile radius. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Taxman. Let's do Canam Taxman of the night. Would you like to lead? I think it has to go to Fred. Um, Yeah. You know, 28 points, 9 of 21 shooting, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals and a block. 
Uh, we talked about it already, but yeah, he really he left it all out there is the cliche that I would use tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. He put his heart into it. He heard the talk. He silenced the haters. How many cliches can I get through? He, he was really good. Value. No, but he definitely gave the Raptors a shot to win tonight uh, with his play. Unfortunately, Pascal didn't kind of bring the same level and, and OG and Scotty and, and some of the bench guys. I, but... OG had a good game. He's six for 12, excellent defense, nine rebounds. Like it wasn't yeah, pretty. Right. It was three the box steals. score is pretty. I will admit that. I just, it didn't feel as pretty as the box score looks. I, I agree. I but mean, right. I shouldn't put him in the Barnes and Siakam category. Thank Those you. guys were definitely worse than OG tonight. Um, but yeah, my point was that Van Vliet gave them a real chance to win tonight because he was just doing everything and and trying and really willing them to to success. So it's unfortunate they couldn't get the win. But Van Vliet gets the Canam Tax Man of the Night. Visit CanamTax.com or call the number at the top of the screen to get your taxes done because tax season's coming up and. Uh, right around the corner and they're going to help you get some money back from the old mean government if you go to canmtax.com all right um we're gonna do 10 more minutes Oren might leave i'm gonna stay yeah. and answer a few questions because i've got vegan pizza waiting for me so uh if anybody has some questions throw them out there Oren might just disappear or not and then i'm going away because it's friday anybody away where questions? are you going away from here i mean Oh, are you are you going out tonight? No. Nice. Are you? No, I'm sick. Tomorrow um, I'm thinking of leaving the house. Uh you wanna know how many times I've left the house in twenty twenty three? It's it's getting grim, I'll tell how you. Because first I was hung over for two days after two New days. Year's. Two two days straight, you know. Wasn't even gonna pretend that that second day that I could do something. And then after that, I got a cold, so I've been I've been just those six are, days now of just in the house. I went on a walk today, but that was it. Those two things are very connected. Um, well, one yeah. thing I wanted to highlight actually is I liked the speaking of the bench stuff. I liked Scotty running point. He it was him and Flynn, which the lineup didn't do all that well, but I kind of dig it moving forward. I I feel like Scotty's been much more engaged. Even though he didn't have that great of a game and it kind of like ebbed and flowed, like seeing him with the with the ball in his hands more, I think is going to benefit this team like currently into the future. And I think running him with the bench unit is probably, which is something I've been saying before, but it, like with the starter, like once the starters go off, running him with the bench unit, I kind of like. It was him and OG, I think, and Gary. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it was him, it's OG, like, and Gary. Very clearly, they, he they the ball failed. They did fail. They did fail. <laughs> and then in the second half, Nurse split up Fred and Pascal and left one of them on the floor at all times. That also failed. That failed. So Freddie right back. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I gotta I gotta head out. I can't really talk, but uh Okay. All right, good. See you there. See you bye. Right. Bye. Okay. I'll do a couple questions and then I'm getting out of here. Uh Ishe one two three asks where the manscape sponsorship is. I don't know. But uh, I think Sahal did enough talking for all of us, so we're not doing it tonight. But if you want to go buy it, type in wrap up and you'll get 20% off and we'll get some cash. It'll be great. Azim Ali asks, who do you want to see moved at the trade deadline and for what? I, so 
I was going to say to Oren that like today, I really deep down in my heart of hearts really wanted Toronto to win this. The Knicks are kind of the team we're chasing. They're, they were sixth um, in the standings. And I thought, you know, this win would be a good turnaround. I'm not ready to do trade talk yet. I want to see what happens with the two Charlotte games. That's the deadline I have given myself. And then after that, you can hold me to it for tanking or retooling or whatever you want to call it. We'll have those conversations. Until then, I believe in this team. And I would love to see, you know, I think like a kind of a sneaky retool, but also remain competitive this year would be to take a Freddie or a Gary and turn it into multiple pieces that we can run out in some kind of like real uh, way. Like in other words, that Nick Nurse can depend upon, but that's going to be like, I, I will think about who those players are and I'll get back to you. I had, I had some ideas, but I'm not ready to show them. But anyway, get back to me in a couple of days and we'll start talking trade deadline. This is going to be a hot topic from now until probably August of next year. So um, I don't want to overdo it, but we definitely need some depth. There's no question there. I'm hoping we can package some of the uh, back end guys and like a second for maybe a dude or two at the very least. Um, Yeah, Ishe asks, why are the Charlotte games my barometer, even if they win every game from now till then? What would that tell you? I'm just not ready to like to die on this team yet. Like I, I'm not ready to just give up on them. I like we we've talked about the last game. We've seen this team last year excel, and I feel like if a couple of things had gone their way, could have excelled even more. I felt this year even more so that they were going to be like a 48 win team. Like I really genuinely thought they were going to be in that ballpark. I think a lot of people did and we were kind of wrong, but you know, Pascal ruins his groin for seven, eight games that frigs everything up. Um, Otto Porter jr. Has been a bust, which I did caution about when we signed him that his injury history really concerned me. Precious blows out his ankle. Like, yes, we have a thin margin. Someone even said our margin of error is so thin it's negative. Fair enough. But like when everything is clicking and there is a world where that's the case, like this team is a legitimate team. And I want to believe that that's still the case. And Boston Celtics last year, I don't know exactly the dates. Somebody can figure it out. And I'm sure you go to these kind of like local you know, YouTube live shows and people are freaking the fuck out that this Boston Celtics team is done. They're even talking about trading Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons and pieces like true, different, different situation, different players, but like the, you can turn these things around. And so like, I'm definitely getting close to like complete cynicism in most of my life. I'm a cynic, so I'm kind of surprised but I'm not willing to give up yet. So that's my rant. Uh, it's close though. It's getting close. And it's not that it's like getting close to the point that I'm going to give up, but it's getting close, close to the point where it's like basically going to be impossible. Like not without at least burning everybody by, you know, mid February at the very least. Um, okay. I'm going to stop there. Uh, thanks everybody for coming out. Don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. 
big task. Go tell all your New York Knicks fans to come so we can get more uh, YouTube likes from uh, from your mediocre team and their mediocre fans. And everybody have a good weekend. Cheers.